the more that we see businesses like the Hyrie succeed, the more we know it's possible. We know that it's possible to work in a different way and coexist in a different way. Hello, I'm Paulina with I Want Her Job. And for the end of the year, we're excited to share Grace Kreivunger's story. Grace is the founder of The Hivery, a women's co-working space located in Mill Valley, California, a city 14 miles north of San Francisco. But The Hivery's goals go way beyond offering a co-working space. As Grace says, The Hivery is about a community and movement of women supporting each other. While there are more and more co-working options these days, as Grace shares, there's something special that comes out of a women's co-working space. If you've tried to work remotely, like in a crowded coffee shop, you know, the time you got the only table with a power outlet and then got settled, spread out your things, took a sip of that latte you stood in line for 15 minutes, and then you realized you have to do it again at the next coffee shop because the Wi-Fi is awful and you've wasted an hour of work. So you can probably imagine the lure of a beautiful space with everything you need to be productive and others to talk to when you're itching for a break or to connect with someone. The Hivery is gorgeous inside with a perfect light, inspirational art and quotes that help you keep doubt and procrastination at bay. In this show, Grace shares how her career in professional dance and marketing, along with the need for more creativity and community in her life, led her to coming up with the idea for the Hivery. If you have an idea for a change in your life, Grace's story of starting the Hivery may also inspire you to make that move, but to try it with an experimental low-risk approach, which is how Grace started the Hivery. And as we end the year, it's inspiring to learn how women like Grace are reinventing how we work and support each other. It's such a hopeful way to start 2018. Before we start today's show, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Best Western. Attention business travelers, did you know Best Western Rewards has some of the lowest free night levels in the industry? Go get rewarded at more than 4,100 locations in the world by visiting bestwesternrewards.com. Here is Grace sharing the Hivery story. And the, so the Hivery is a women's co-working space and our mission is to elevate the voices of women. And we do that through shared workspace and also our signature programs and mentorship. And the biggest part is through community. So we create a space and community where women can really support each other and inspire each other um, and create work in a way that works for them. And uh, I was reading your bio, and you have such a beautiful and happy example of combining a career that's art, business. Um, let's talk about some of your career transitions and how you got to the Hivery. It's interesting because if I look at the different chapters of my career, they before the Hivery, they seemed very disparate. So I started out as a professional dancer, and then I when I... I, a couple things happened. One is that as a working professional dancer in San Francisco, it was very difficult to support myself financially uh, with just dance. So I started doing marketing consulting work in tech. So I did marketing consulting work for a number of, you know, the in the kind of early tech days, the dot-coms, and then some of the big tech companies. And I did that. I used to joke that I did that instead of waitressing. So I did that as a way to support my art. Um, and then when I had two kids and I retired from dance, I moved more and more into marketing and did, uh, you know, I uh, started a business unit for an analyst firm um, around marketing. And I just started to move my career towards a marketing executive. 
the problem with that was is that I really missed the artistic side of my life. So I had this arts background and then I moved into a business background. Um, marketing came really naturally to me and I felt like I was good at it. But if I with only marketing in my life, I started to feel like there was a piece of me that was missing. So what was exciting about the Hybrid is it allowed me to blend both. It allowed me to blend the artistic creative commitment that I've had with building a business. Got it. And so when you decided to go into marketing, probably because you're just naturally creative, what did what did you first do and how did you make that transition? Because it's a big change going from dance to marketing. Well, it, it started, I mean, it started kind of right out of college, to tell you the truth. So, so I danced, you know, I started dancing when I was four. I danced my whole childhood. I trained very seriously as a ballet dancer. I went to college on a dance scholarship. And then I got out of college kind of asking myself the question of what now? Am I going to... Um, am I going to focus on working professionally as a dancer? And I really wasn't sure. I mean, the, the, the life of a dancer is really challenging and really difficult. I auditioned for some dance companies that I didn't get into, and I wasn't sure what to do next. So I knew I wanted to live in San Francisco. I had taken a master class with the artistic director of Lines Contemporary Ballet. His name is Alonzo King, and he had an extraordinary impact on me. I wanted to live where I could study with him and study at his school. Um, I took a kind of strange route to do that in that I took a job at Oracle. So I was 21 years old and I knew that if I took this job at Oracle, it would get me to San Francisco. I'd be working, you know, it was a great job. It was like an entry level marketing job, but it also got me to be able to move to San Francisco and train. I did that for a couple of years, worked for an ad agency and was kind of trying to just fit dance in similar. Like if you think of a musician that's working their day job so that they can play gigs at night, I kind of, I did the same thing as a dancer Mm -hmm. and I did that for a couple of years until I just felt like, especially for dancers and time is of the essence, you know, so, um, I felt like I couldn't wait any longer to really fully commit to having my professional dance career. So I quit those jobs And I focused on dance, but knowing again that I would be able to use marketing as like, you know, kind of my like a day job. And by doing that, I got some really interesting marketing work along the way, too. So I was I I mean, I was in my 20s. I was choreographing and teaching and traveling for dance. And at the same time, I was working for companies like PeopleSoft and Intuit. Um, So I had this kind of like duality in my life that I felt really fortunate to get to do both. Absolutely. And so tell us when you came up with the idea for the Hivery. It's interesting because I told a friend of mine about, I guess it's four and a half years now. I I started the Hivery almost four years ago. Um, And about four and a half years ago, a friend of mine came over and I told her very seriously, you know, I've been thinking a lot this past year about the changes I want to make in my life and my career. And this idea of a a women's cooperative or a women's shared workspace um, just keeps coming up for me and I'm I'm finally going to do it. And she kind of laughed and said, Grace, you told me about this idea 10 years ago. You described it in detail 10 years ago. It's time. And I didn't even realize that I had been talking about it for that long. So I think sometimes in our subconscious state, like we know all along what we really want to do, but I couldn't... um, it's almost like I couldn't accept it for myself. And, you know, 10 years prior, the word co-working didn't exist yet. That wasn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. I used to call it like I wanted to create a women's collective or, a, you know, a shared space. But I didn't know that a co-working space then was a thing. Mm-hmm. So as that concept evolved, it, it allowed more more clarity to that idea. 
Um, and when she said that, when she said, you told me about this 10 years ago, for me, that was a moment where I said, I can't wait. You know, it's like it's this this idea is almost like so it's it's almost like a love that is not going away. I love that. And because this is, was a new thing. So you you hadn't seen a space that you're like, I want to do the same thing. You just had a vision of I want to bring women together. Absolutely. There wasn't a space that was, you know, the Hybrid was one of the first women's focused co-working spaces in the country. Mm-hmm. And I certainly looked at other co-working spaces for ideas and, and around functionality. Mm-hmm. But I had a very different vision in terms of the values of the business and what I wanted for women that came through. For me, and this continues still, like the, the co-working space is a vehicle for something bigger. So it, we're not just about the space. Mm-hmm. We're about a community and movement for women supporting each other. And I think that's where the extraordinary stuff happens. Mm-hmm. A space is a space, and we've, we've created a beautiful space that I feel like helps women to feel elevated and open and inspired and that the space is truly for them. That's deeply important. But what we're building is much more than the physical space. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those times where I really wish I had video to show everyone how beautiful it is here. Um, what about helping us get an idea of what some of the magic that comes out of women coming here? Like, you know, it's more than just a space. Do you have a few stories to share about like what happens when women connect here? Sure. I mean, what has been extraordinary is every day there are stories of, and it, it'll go something like this. It'll be, you know, for example, there's one a woman that came to us and she said, you know, when I came here, I, I thought my career was kind of over. Um, you know, she was like, I just, I wasn't sure what, what I would do next. I, I felt stagnant. I wasn't sure if I was good at what I do anymore. And she said, and then I got here and felt, felt so supported and inspired and around the energy of other women making things. And she's like, not only did I feel like my career wasn't stagnant, but it's blossomed and transformed and I'm taking on new work. Um, I think what's been really interesting is to see women across all stages of life creating something new. So, you know, there are times often um, for many women in the space, sometimes dictated by motherhood, that life can change and take a turn where you feel like the career that I had before either isn't what I wanted or isn't working or, you know, isn't allowing for other roles and responsibilities in my life. And, and then what? So what has been extraordinary is to watch, like there's a, there's a couple things that can happen. Either women can feel stuck and like there's nothing possible for them that allows for all areas and aspects of who they are, or they can feel like it's a, a jumping off point. And that's what I see here at the Hivery is that it becomes like a leap to the next chapter. I, I, I mean, I can tell tons of stories, but I think, I think knowing that every day there's a story of a woman making a big transformation in her life I mean, that's been extraordinary to see. And the other the other kind of theme of the stories that is collaboration. So women come here, um, you know, and they'll, they'll be working on a project, often starting a new business. That's, I mean, that's a theme that happens here a lot. And then all the support that they need to open that new business or launch that business is here. So they end up, they hire the website designer here. They meet the copywriter here. They meet the photographer here. They meet the, you know, the kind of entrepreneur financial model consultant here. Mm -hmm. So everything they need to build that next chapter is here. Mm -hmm. And that story of collaboration is one that just happens every single day. And I think it's, it's one of my favorite parts of what we've created here is it makes things possible when you know that all the resources are in this trusted community together. Absolutely. And so how did you do it? So you had this idea, but actually making it a reality is a difficult thing. Um, You know, 
Mill Valley isn't it's an expensive area. <laughs> Everything about it was difficult. Give us some of the milestones in your lunch. Sure. I, I mean, the first space that I opened was in a loft in an art gallery in Sausalito. It was about 800 square feet. So it was small. Um, I always called it my Petri dish. I thought like, I have an opportunity to create something here, but I don't know exactly what the outcome is going to be. And for other entrepreneurs, I would suggest like, I I think sometimes we're so afraid um, that we won't come out with everything perfect that we don't move at all. And with this, I really just allowed myself to see, like just just see what it is, just check this out. Um, I, you know, because it was a small space, the investment was such that I knew that if I had eight members, I could cover the rent, you know, so I allowed it to be um, as risk-free as possible. And it just, it gave me some room to play where I didn't feel like I was, I I didn't take on a huge lease. Um, I, I gave myself some room and I had a plan B. So my plan B was if all else fails, I will find eight people to share this office with me. And so I, I think that that gave me some, some safety in, um, in an experimental process because I really didn't know what it was going to look like. Now, the good news was that um, one milestone was that we we outgrew that space right away. So, you know, again, I had hoped, I remember that my, I think it was my second month, I said, if I can just get to 20 members. Um, well, we got to 20 members right away and we outgrew that space right away. And instead of taking on another big leap, I tried to grow within what we had. So we added another loft to that space. It was only, again, about 400 square feet. So it was kind of a small step, but it gave us a little room. And then ultimately I said, you know, we were sharing with an art gallery and I wanted our own space. So while it was, I think the art gallery informed that we wanted to be surrounded by art, we were ready to grow into our own space. So then the next milestone was finding our own space and I was ready to take that up a notch. Um, so instead of you know starting small in the next space, I I thought bigger and looked at like okay, so now that we know that people want this, what would we really want from that space? And one thing that was really important to me was creating these different meeting rooms that allowed for different types of work. One of our meeting rooms is our creative studio, and it's large and it has kind of a multi-purpose quality about it. And I wanted to be I wanted to know that we could have we could clear out the room for meditation, and then we could you know wheel furniture back in for like a, you know, a, a almost classroom style talk. So I, I started to get more clear on the parameters of the space. So the next major milestone was finding the space that we're in now. Um, I think like all, you know, when you're on the path of where you're supposed to be, they say that the doors open for you and that's what happened here. So I looked at this space. It was, it used to be a dance studio. When when I saw that connection for, I, I grew up in a dance studio. I felt extremely comfortable here. I walked in and was like, this is our new home. And then I looked up in the ceiling and the skylight was shaped like a honeycomb, like a hive. And I thought there was, you know, the, there was like no louder message that the universe could send to me that this was where we were supposed to be. Chills. So that was a major milestone. And being able to, to open the doors and like you said, um, Mill Valley, Marin County, the Bay Area, it's very expensive real estate. And to go through the process of negotiating a lease and opening the space and getting that funded and you know in a way that worked, um, I, I was it was a major milestone for me as an entrepreneur and I was very proud. And I, I think what's really exciting is that our current space and all of our future spaces will have the same quality. Our current space has floor to ceiling windows that look out over the downtown square. 
And that was deeply important to me too, that we were doing something bold and visible, that we weren't you know, creating something in kind of the back of a building where we're hiding away what we're doing, but I wanted to put something out there that for you know, all the community to see that women are creating this amazing work. So kind of unveiling that was a, was a huge celebratory step. I mean, I just got chills when you told me how the, you know, things just uh, lined up for that. And what a smart way to start what you were doing. Like you started small, you tested, you know, you didn't invest too much. Um, the next, I think probably the subscription model must have been really hard, right? To figure out what do you charge people? Tell us, walk us a little through of how you made that decision. Well, I, I mean, I certainly did some competitive research of what other co-working spaces were paying, but the the existing co-working model wasn't really working for what I envisioned that women would want. Um, what I think women want the most and out of the gate is flexibility. Mm-hmm. Our lives take us in a lot of different directions and our, again, our roles and responsibilities throughout the day are pretty broad. Um, so I didn't see a lot of traditional co-working spaces building flexibility into their model. So I knew I wanted to do that. So I started again with, I I started with competitive research. I added in what I thought women wanted. Um, And you know, the other thing that I did is I I really looked at the value that we could bring. I knew that the value was went way beyond the space and went into mentorship and coaching and support and programming. And I felt like I wanted to create pricing that I knew I could stand behind and where everyone would walk at the door and say, this is such an extraordinary experience. It's so worth it. And I, I feel like we've done that. Mm-hmm. So it took, you know, it was kind of like a, you know, a dash of like practicality and business sense, a dash of gut mm-hmm. and, you know, a dash of trial and error until we got to this place where I think, again, the most important thing for us is that we feel like that women feel an extraordinary sense of value and pride in being part of it. And I think that we've done that. Absolutely. And do you have a breakdown? Like, do most members um, go to the community events? And tell us a little about how often you have them and what types of events they are. So we have a couple different types of membership. Our first membership is our community membership. And it's for women that love what we do and are passionate about what we're building, but don't need workspace on a regular basis. And they're really, their membership is really tied to the events. We end up having, I mean, three or four events per week at least, and sometimes more. Um, a lot of our events are member-led, which I love. I love, you know, I love elevating and sharing our members' voices. I love giving our members a spotlight for sharing their expertise. So um, the events piece and the programming piece is really important and a big part of what we do. Our community members, and they're all about our events. That's that's what they're, you know, that's really what they're buying is the the community, this the network, the mentorship, and the events. And then our co-working members get all of that, plus they are working in the space as well. Um, some work on the space every day, some work in the space every day, excuse me, and some are working in the space a couple days a week or when they want. You know, their, their schedules are changing and their lives are, um, you know, sometimes a little chaotic and we just want to be here for them when they need us. And what are some of your future goals for the hybrid? I, I mean, one of our kind of imminent and immediate goals is to expand. So we are definitely wanting to bring the Hivery certainly um, in the very short term to other locations in the Bay Area. We've had so much desire. Um, I get an email almost every day from someone that wants us to bring the Hivery to their community. And we are listening to those, you know, to those requests. I, I feel like women all over the world um, need this kind of support mm-hmm. and this elevated space. So our immediate goal is to 
expand and have other locations within the Bay Area and then across the country. And then we'd like to offer ways that people can can have the magic of the Hivery wherever they are. And that could be through a number of different things, including virtual membership, programming, online courses. Um, it's our intention. We feel like the Hivery has this kind of like magic quality to it, and we want to spread that magic as much as we can. Tell us a little about your, your early influences, where you grew up, and how you think that influenced um, the path that you're on today. Well, I mean, one huge influence for me was was dance. You know, again, I started dancing when I was three or four. Um, I feel like the older I get, the more I can look back at dance and see the, the lessons that I learned that I'm applying to my life, that I learned in the dance studio. So dance was a huge part of my childhood and I feel like is a fundamental core to who I am. My dad was an Air Force pilot, so we moved a lot. Mm-hmm. We moved every few years. Um, I, you know, I think that probably made me pretty good at making friends, mm-hmm. and it makes it easy for me to welcome in community. I, I feel like I, I, um, you know, I'm very comfortable with opening the doors and 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 welcoming and honoring every woman who walks in because of a lot of change. You know, there's a lot of moving growing up, but I, you know, and then I had a very, very close relationship with my mom. Um, you know, I would say that she was kind of my soulmate best friend. Mm-hmm. And she passed away at a very young age. Um, she passed away at the age of 62. And I guess it's been, you know, a little over six years now. Mm-hmm. And because we were so close and I was her, you know, I with my sisters um, was her caregiver. There, I, You know, I went through a really turbulent time in losing her. And that was... It was agony. It was heartbreaking, and I, I, when I lost her, I just felt like there was a part of me that felt like I'll never be the same, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I wasn't. I, I mean, the irony is, is I think that it was that that heartbreak and that sadness that also dug something in me that said, I want to create something. I want to live this life. I want to share love. Like, it, it changed me, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but that that was that was my kind of state of transformation was from the heartbreak of losing someone that was so deeply important to me. So you know, in terms of like formative formative years, I I had an amazing mom, and I was very lucky. Um, and then losing her, you know, again set me in an, into another chapter, which has this silver lining and this kind of this happiness that has come out of me creating meaningful work with the Hivery. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's interesting. There's always out, like, without this, some huge challenge. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really don't. Like, transformation doesn't come from no. contentment or stagnancy. Mm-hmm. Transformation comes from, like, from the human spirit, and that's typically during hard times, you know? So, and it's it's hard. I meet so many women that are just, like, in the thick of some kind of, pain and I can sit here on the other side and go like I know something extraordinary is on the other side for you it doesn't discount how hard it is to be in it yeah and I was just thinking you know as we all go through that what a great place actually to come here to have that kind of support right because we're all gonna get that grief um and uh have you thought about ways to help when women are going through that and they're part of your community I, I mean, I think the biggest way to help is to say, like, this is a safe place to be honest about who you really are. And who you really are is, like, the ugly stuff, too. Like, I've been very careful to say, this is not a place where you have to show up all shiny and polished and perfect. Like, it's the opposite. It's a place where you show up and just be true. And sometimes life is ex- is extremely hard. And being able to show up 
and honor that and talk about that and be vulnerable in that and be honest about that, I, I feel like that's an opening. And it's it's an opening that we don't get in many other places in society. We're, we're often encouraged to show up perfect. And that's just not the truth. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, you know, I was going to ask you about some of your time management techniques and managing things. And then I was thinking probably the dance really taught you a lot of discipline, right? Can you give us some of the lessons um, that dance gave you? It's interesting because I... You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a mom of two. I'm a wife. I am a sister. Um, you know, my youngest sister right now, she's 33. She's going through breast cancer. Like, life is crazy town, you know? I mean, there's just a lot. Um, so sometimes all my tam- time management goes out the window. It's just the truth, you know? It's like sometimes it works great and sometimes it doesn't. But I, I think what I'm learning, and it's I, I'm learning a couple things. One is that the... The ultimate time management comes from a, the the combination of having some time alone. Like I take retreats, so I just on Tuesday I did an all day retreat by myself. Um, well, part by myself. I worked with a, a public speaking coach for half the day, and then half the day I was writing by myself, um, and that was really therapeutic for me and really invigorating to just take some time and step back a bit. And it gave me it gave me kind of the bigger picture of what I want to create. Now, if I do that all the time, then I fall into that kind of place of isolation where we start feeling like we're not connected and we're not part of something. So I always say like it's it's being in community as a dance. It's a dance. It is. It's a, the dance of being in community and then the dance of um, honoring the time that you need alone. During that time that I took alone on Tuesday, I was reading these quotes from Martha Graham about resilience and about showing up and about the discipline. And I did, I realized that so much of what I learned in dance is showing up when you don't feel like it. Hmm. You know, like you, you, as a dancer, you take dance class every day. And some days you don't feel that good. And showing up anyway. And I, I think that that's one thing I'm learning in life is that all kinds of crazy things are going to go wrong and a kid's going to get sick and things are going to go, like things are going to go not according to plan. Um, but we have to show up. We have to keep showing up anyway. And I, I feel like that's where we start to find the, the magic of who we are is in that resilience. What tools or resources do you, you do you use the most and how do you keep growing? I mean, as you're growing a very successful business, how do you, what do you find yourself turning to the most to, um, to learn and get better at what you're doing? Mentors for sure. I, I mean, I, I'm very lucky that I am surrounded in a community of incredibly smart and talented women. And there are a number of men and women in my life that have, you know, that, are my go-to mentors and I run ideas past them you know I run our expansion plans past them and I really couldn't do this without them I, I think having mentors that you trust and that you meet with regularly and that will be honest with you I think is critical I also have a coach um, I highly recommend coaching you know she started out as my business coach and that's what I called her and it's become much more of a spiritual coach she's definitely a mindful Um, she's focused on mindful communication and she's been just an extraordinary resource for me in staying grounded and staying centered and staying true. Mm -hmm. So I can highly recommend having a coach in your life as well. What do you find most difficult today? Because at every stage, I'm sure it changed. So what challenges today with a hybrid keep you up at night? Um, like any small business money. (laughs) I mean, that's just the truth. That's like, we have to put that in the conversation. I I have a wonderful team and they're talented and I want to reward them the best that I can. 
So, you know, as we end the year and I'm looking at the, you know, planning for the new year, of course, what's on my mind is, is how can I keep my valuable team and make sure that they feel rewarded and, and how can we grow again? You know, I don't want to grow the Hivery in a, the traditional linear way. So there's a big portion of that, that, that comes down to funding mm-hmm. and how are we going to do that? Mm-hmm. So looking at some you know, different models and ways to do that is that certainly keeps me awake at night yeah. because it's so important to me. You know, when you've created something that you feel like really is a, is, it's a gift from, it's a gift to myself and that I have never felt so passionate about my work and I know that it's in service to others, I won't let it fail. So I have to make sure that it's viable and protected and, and that we create the financial structure that we can make this happen. Yeah, and just curious, how many people does it take to run? Um, like, how big is your team? And if somebody's thinking, I want to open a co-working space, like, what 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 numbers work for you? I mean, we're, I'm learning that it's it, it takes more people than you think is my is kind of the short answer. Um, you know, I tried to muscle my way through the first couple of years, and I just I worked all the time and wore every hat. Like every, I mean, I feel like that's a mistake that every entrepreneur makes is trying to do everything yourself. Um, I certainly learned that that wasn't possible as we grew. You know, now we, we, we have, it's hard to say an exact number because we have a core team. We, we have wonderful, you know, independent contractors that come on as needed, many or most of which are part of our member community. I love hiring people from our member community. It, again, it like walks the walk of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have an amazing work exchange program and we also have a scholarship program. So we have some different, there's, there's different ways that people end up making an impact within the hybrid. Some are our employees and some are, you know, again, part of our work exchange program. What is the work exchange program? Um, it's our concierge program and it, it's, we, we love creating opportunity for women to have access to the hybrid that may not be able to afford it right now. Mm-hmm. So um, in exchange for being a wonderful part of our member experience, they greet our members, they make sure our members feel comfortable and know where everything is. Um, and then they're able to have a membership to the Hivery and use the community and the workspace. Such a great idea. Um, and uh, anything else that you want to share that I have about the Hivery um, that we haven't talked about yet? I think the Hivery embodies a new way of looking at business. And I think that's what excites me the most. I, we've built this business based on inclusivity, encouraging women of, of all ages and stages and cultural backgrounds. Um, and, you know, we, we would love for the high just to, to be an embodiment of inclusion. I think that when you build a business in that way, centered on kindness and creativity and community, I think we're building a new model of business. So I, I feel like, you know, that's kind of a, like, it's like a big, like, esoteric vision, but I feel like that's what's really happening is it, it's a, it's a totally different way of building business and, and building each other. And it's also the fact that you're that a business is based in kindness. I want it to be the norm. I'm I'm really interested in seeing that the movement becomes like build business by doing the right thing. And I think that's pretty good. That's an extraordinary idea that the world could be filled with businesses that are doing the right thing. I love that. And what a great way to start 2018. I think that I think that's possible. And and the model that you're talking about, I think it's so exciting to to think of a, a world where where that's the norm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think that the more that we see businesses like the Hyrie succeed, the more we know it's possible. We know that it's possible to work in a different way and coexist in a different way. 
Thank you so much. I love it. I hope that people come um, go to your website, thehivery.com, right? Absolutely. And uh, if they're here, come for a visit. That's wonderful. It's great to be here. Thank you.